Well, welcome to another episode of SDB in the Spotlight. It's a great day to talk about our school district and to be able to talk with our guests today. My co-host, Maria Acevedo, is here in our SDB studio with me. How are you doing today, Maria? I'm good. Let's kick off another episode with some SDB news. Well, I'm going to really start. I'd like to highlight and thank our more than 1,000 I said 1,000 volunteers in our dis- our district. We appreciate all of our volunteers who are in our classrooms, on our playgrounds, in our lunch rooms, and on field trips. And I'm really not sure how to adequately thank everyone except to say, uh, and I want to share a quote from Helen Keller to do that, is, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. So I want to thank our volunteers um, for helping the school district of Beloit do so much. That's perfect, Monica. Yeah, I echo your sentiment there. And Maria does really manage our volunteer program. So I do, yeah. So I get to talk to too, and then we get to honor a lot of them as well. Our volunteers are great. And I want to take some time to highlight our, sun- our Sunday Senior Spotlights. So every year we like to highlight our graduating seniors on our Facebook page. We ask them about their future plans, favorite teachers, and overall experience at the high school. We then highlight a few of them every Sunday on our Facebook page, so make sure to check it out and read all about our amazing students. And we have included that link in the weekly newsletter that Beloit Memorial High School sends out. So if you're a listener and you've not seen that link, um, you can do so by going to any one of the newsletters Beloit Memorial High School sends out. Um, But also give your student a nudge, because sometimes we hear from parents and guardians who say, oh! why wasn't my student highlighted on Sunday? I'm like, we leave it in the hands of those seniors who are graduating uh, to take the initiative to fill out the form. Easy questions, right? Exactly. It takes no more than five minutes. So it's pretty great. So if your student has not done that, please have them do that because we would love to highlight them on Facebook. Now, moving on, I'd like to welcome our podcast guest for today, Deborah Somerville. She is a Bullet Memorial High School English teacher and wellness coach. She's going to tell us a little bit. Of, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career with the school district, Deborah? Yeah, sure. That's why I'm here. Thank you so much. Well, although I grew up on a small farm in a small town, I've always had big ideas and an adventuresome spirit. I think partly due to being such an avid reader and partly due to this deep desire to understand how we are all connected. So upon completing a double major in English and cultural anthropology at Bucknell, I finally completed my professional educator's certification at Sonoma State and a master's in humane education. But the majority of my 30 plus years as an educator has been international, a career spanning five continents and eight countries. What? We're going to pause right here. Can you list some of those countries? Sure. El Salvador, China, Eritrea, Venezuela, Nepal, Qatar. It's been really exciting. Well, of course, the United States of America. (laughs) Wow. And so my career with the school district of Beloit began just four years ago when I repatriated to southern Wisconsin to be near my family. I was hired to teach English 10 and was assigned to the PACMES Academy. Um, My proposal for an environmental literature course was approved last year, and the new class will finally launch this fall, which I'm very excited about, and so are the students. 
Um, so stay tuned for more information on that. I also completed um, the Breathe for Change. It's a 200-hour course. It was a training that I finished, I guess it was during COVID, not to bring up COVID, but it, mm-hmm. it did allow some experiences that you wouldn't always get to do online. And so I completed the training November 22, and that certified me not only as a yoga instructor, but an SEL facilitator and wellness coach. And that led me to design some curriculum, sort of integrating the trauma-sensitive practices of Breathe for Change with the seven mindsets curriculum that we already have here in the district. So that's some really exciting stuff that's going on. Um, There's not a course currently being offered, but the admin approved some pilot workshops, which we ran first semester, and they were really well received by the students. So we'll see. We have the space in the block schedule for Mm. more mindfulness and movement and those socio-emotional skills acquisition. Can I ask you a quick question, though? You talked about, was it breathe for For change? change. Mm -hmm. Is it teaching individuals how to use I I mean, there's there's other things, but Mm -hmm. breath and can you explain it a little bit? I'm just curious. Um, Well, Breathe for Change is the logo because it's combined with really a a social justice movement towards helping all of us to realize our individual potential. Um, This, the concept of not only teaching educators the yoga skills of Mm. asana and body wellness, but how to emotionally and and socially be prepared to contribute to your community. So it it ends up being for schools, for communities, um, building um, a healthier environment for all of us to breathe in. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, and maybe you a little smattering of this you've shared with us, but what do you enjoy most about teaching? You certainly have passion that you've shared here, but what do you enjoy most about teaching? Well, when I thought about this, I realized that really my my greatest joy is being a part of the process of self-discovery that the teenagers are going through. Um, it's really such a privilege, you know, as, as they grow into their responsibilities and realize their strengths and their potential. Um, I enjoy trekking. I've trekked quite a bit in the Himalayas and the Andes and Sierra Nevada. And I very much equate being a teacher with being a trail guide. <laughs> Interesting. I like that analogy. Well, recently, you invited UW-Madison First Wave Hip Hop Theater Ensemble, <laughs> hope I said that right, it's a mouthful, to perform at Beloit Memorial High School for our sophomore students, actually all sophomore students. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about First Wave and why you invited them to perform? Yes, I would okay. love to. So... Well, the invitation was actually inspired because the English 10 teaching team added a spoken word documentary film to our poetry unit last semester. Louder Than a Bomb is the winner of more than 15 film festival prizes, and it truly enraptured the students with its story of four Chicago high school poetry teams as they prepare to compete in the world's largest youth poetry competition. Mm. 
I think it's known more as a slam. Um, but in follow-up Socratic seminars, it was clear how impactful the spoken word performances were. And that's what inspired me to begin doing research. Like, I was thinking, gosh, there must be some sort of a spoken word competition or mm -hmm. an organization mm -hmm. somewhere in Illinois or Wisconsin that could, could maybe come and perform for our students. So I sent out some inquiries back in December, mm -hmm. and then I was pleasantly surprised in January when I had a reply from the assistant director of the Office of Multicultural Arts Initiatives at mm -hmm. UW-Madison. Mm -hmm. And she helps to coordinate the first wave touring ensemble. And that is an artistic outgrowth of the first wave hip hop and the urban arts scholarship program. So after our first Zoom meeting, I was thoroughly convinced that the university student artists would further inspire our students with their own spoken word and hip hop performances and their spoken word content is themed around the cultural identity which aligned with the English 10 poetry units, which just seemed like a great fit. And I thought, well, give it a try. That's awesome. So why do you think this um, performance was so important for our students? What did they share or say about the performance after seeing it? Yeah, um, I have never seen our students so engaged in that auditorium. So... The performance was important for the students because the UW student artists themselves offered a deeper dialogue around these difficult-to-discuss subject matters, such as race, gender, justice, and politics in the United States. But it also wasn't just a performance. It included a slideshow and video about the college program, which is the first of its kind in the whole United States, and how students can apply and qualify for the 15 full tuition four-year scholarships. So um, Angela Snow was on board helping me out with this, and they brought in their table with um, the flyers and display brochures and set it up real professional for the kids. Um, additionally, there was a Q&A panel which allowed our students to approach the mic and ask their questions about spoken word and writing in college. And it was such a meaningful exchange for them. Um, afterwards, some of the, the teachers had their students write reflections. I had a girl do a little kind of a summary of mm -hmm. the program. And they were really amazed by how each student artist had their own style, by the meaning behind the pieces. There was a love poem. There was a poem about a mother-daughter relationship. There was a senior who's like a, a bio engineer who actually got on stage wearing a dress and he did a piece examining femininity and masculinity mm. and how for many men they they don't always feel that they're allowed a balance of the two and the students were at first a little shocked but then in awe of wow this is real this is what it is to be human um, another student was a Pakistani, and she shared her cultural experiences and her struggle, and one of my students is Pakistani, and she wrote about that. Mm. Um, but of course, really their favorite was Adrian, who was a rapper. And <laughs> he wrote all of his own lyrics, but he had the kids up there, you know, 
they had their flashlights going on their phones <laughs> and they were singing along with him almost a call and response and they had a lot of questions for him but they were also just amazed like how cool it is that here in Wisconsin we have the first college to offer a scholarship for hip hop and urban arts right. they really loved it yeah and i marie and i had not really heard about that program either until um, being introduced to you and learning about it. I I want to ask you, how do you get students to express themselves in writing or in spoken word? It sometimes takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable enough to share thoughts and feelings. So how do you develop that confidence, um, but yet being aware of the vulnerability it takes for students to express themselves. Mm -hmm. Again, I would would like to speak to the English 10, um, to our PLC, to our Mm -hmm. teaching team. Um, When we decided to add the poetry unit, it's an extension of what's already in our springboard curriculum. We focused on poems that would allow our students to celebrate their culture. Mm -hmm. Because when students write about that, which they know and love, it builds their confidence naturally. Um, I personally approach each poem that they are assigned with pre-writing activities that help to establish that relevance in their Mm -hmm. own lives. Um, Of course, we read and study published poems and use those as a model, Mm -hmm. um, as a way to set criteria and challenges for them. But the kids love the idea that they have poetic license Mm -hmm. and that that poetry is very much, you know, a puzzle. They can play with the line breaks and rhyme scheme and perhaps not even use any capital letters or punctuation. Mm. There's plenty of famous poets who have let go of those conventions. But e. Yet, e. Cummings, I think, uh-huh, is that he, one? He always comes to mind, doesn't he? Easily. Um, yeah. William Carlos oh. Williams as well, who was a doctor, mm-hmm. and he wrote his poems on prescription pads as he waited to make house calls. So the students like that that if they understand how to skillfully break a line, maybe they don't need a punctuation mark. So, you know, it, it, it brings a different kind of joy and challenge, and that joy is what gives them courage. Mm. You know, joy and courage are really hand in hand. The vulnerability never fully goes away, and sharing their poems out loud is, is never required. But mm. I was quite pleased in one of the students' responses to the first wave ensemble is that they would like the opportunity to be able to do that. And now I'm thinking, hmm, hip-hop club? <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, um, Deborah, what is something that you'd like people to know about Bullitt Memorial High School? Yeah, this really is shifting gears. Um I think it's important that people know that Beloit Memorial High School offers students the opportunities to discover their strengths and their passions and to pursue them actively. The longer that I'm here at the high school, the more opportunities reveal themselves. Diverse courses, certifications, clubs, productions, internships, the list goes on and on. There's so many layers. Um, The February Expo showcased many of these opportunities, Mm. but I want all families to know about them and support their children toward optimizing these possibilities. BMHS allows students a chance to explore, to be curious, to be successful at realizing their their own unique vision for the future. It, It can really begin 
right here in our our own classrooms and hallways and and through events like the first wave now they know that there's 15 scholarships out there and that my voice really matters i think we cannot agree more to that statement Mm -hmm. thank you we might have to use that in a brochure (laughs) or on our facebook page thank you you're welcome yeah and we like to ask all of our guests what is one book you would recommend that everyone read just one, and I'm an English teacher. Well, um, well, with this environmental literature class in mind, and poetry, and communication, I'd have to say The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wolben. It's all about how trees have social networks, and they communicate, and feel, and we have no idea that this whole other, other layer of society is around us all the time, and it's very comforting and exciting and, and worth exploring further, whether well, it be in a poem or a literature class. What was the name of the book again and the author? Um, the Hidden Life of Trees, um, Peter Wolben. So technically it's a science book, but it's it's written so that it's accessible. I think it was on the New York Times bestseller, Washington Post. I heard something yeah. too about their roots underneath yes. the ground as mm-hmm. a way that they communicate. There's, I've heard about it, but now I think you've interested me yeah. enough that I'm going to go read it. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, what great. I think of it. Keep me posted. Well, we want to thank you for being a guest on our podcast today. But before we leave, I'm going to ask Maria to tell you how we close out each of our podcasts. So you got to be up for something a little exciting. Yeah. So if you haven't heard our podcast, we like to end it with a quick either or quiz. So it's just so I'm going to give you a couple options. But you have to decide between two. Just don't think about it. Just pick one of the two. It should take no more than 30 seconds. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> All right. Fiction or nonfiction? Non. Peppermint or spearmint? Peppermint. Doritos or Fritos? Fritos. Highway or back roads? Back roads. Dancing or singing? Dancing. Zoo or aquarium? Ooh, aquarium. Time machine or magic wand? Magic wand. Fruits or vegetables? Vegetables. See the future or change the past? Change the past. That one's a tough one. And then peanut butter or jelly? (laughs) Our listeners can't see your face, but I'm going to take it that you do not enjoy either either of them. We'll let that go as that. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. You have a great voice for radio and podcasts. So thank you so much. We learned a lot. That's one of the most important things. So I also want to thank our listeners who join us each week. We appreciate you. We will be right back at it next Friday with a new episode of SDB in the Spotlight. Thank you so much. See you guys next time.